15. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. It seems, though, so much of Christmas is about gifts, giving gifts and receiving gifts. How many of you like to receive gifts? How many of you like to receive gifts? Let me see your hands. How many? No, you're lying. Everybody likes to receive gifts. Come on. How many of you like to give gifts? All right. Look at that. More hands go up when you like to give than to receive. I love that. I, I, I can't believe it, but I was watching the news the other day, and there was a couple, 83 years old. They were driving from California, and in the back of their van, they had $300,000 worth of bags of marijuana, and they were bringing it to uh, New England because they wanted to give it to their children and their friends as a gift. You talk about a very Merry Christmas. <laughs> Very happy, joyous Christmas. Like, they got stopped by the state troopers, and the state troopers said, what are you doing with this? They said, we just wanted to give it away as gifts. How do you like that? I think that's the most unique gift I've ever heard of in my lifetime, right? Now, if you come to the Malazzo house, you will find boxes and boxes. My wife starts ordering Christmas gifts online right after Thanksgiving, and I know the UPS man. I know the, the FedEx guy. I know the green truck. I know the blue truck. I know the brown truck. I know them so well. I know their social security number. They come to my house all the time, every single day, three or four boxes on my doorstep. Gifts are great, and I love the fact that we can give and receive gifts. And Paul the Apostle, in the context of giving, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 is all about giving. It's all about giving to the kingdom, sowing seeds into the kingdom, being generous with all that God has given you so that the glory of God would be seen in the world. And at the end of this chapter, he says, but thanks be to God. He centers, he sends us, centers us back into what is the most important thing for us to remember when it comes to giving and receiving gifts. He says, thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. What gift? Well, the gift of God coming into this world and dying on the cross so that we might have eternal life. I love what Mark Battison says. Mark Battison says, it's the gift of Jesus becoming nobody so that we can become somebody. Aren't you glad that Jesus became nobody so we can become somebody? It's Jesus who is in the beginning, fully God, who becomes fully man and God, who comes to this earth to take upon himself the sins of mankind, so we could have the indescribable gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. It's the incredible gift of God, God's love wrapped up in a manger, shrouded in mystery, known in history, and revealed in prophecy. You see, the prophet Isaiah, long before we could ever really understand what was the plan of God, the prophet Isaiah declared, unto us a child would be born. And I love what the psalmist says. The psalmist declares, oh, the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are your judgments. How unsearchable and his ways past finding out. And so 700 years ago, or 700 years before Jesus ever came, and he was ever born, the prophet wrote, for unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given, and the government will rest upon his shoulder. 
and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and one of my favorite titles of all, and he will be called the Prince of Peace, the Prince of Shalom. And the truth is, if there's one title that I think is so important today, seems to be one of the most important things for today, is for us to know that Jesus Christ came into this world to bring us peace. In fact, one of the most magnificent stories in the Christmas narrative is found in Luke chapter 2, verse 28. Listen what it says. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks and sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy for all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find the baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, hey, listen, let me stop right now, and I want you to say, I believe that when we get to heaven, Anthony Gabone is going to be leading worship. Come on. Is that guy awesome up here? Come on, somebody. Did the worship team do such an incredible job? And it says here, it says, then they will sing glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth, shalom on earth to those whom God's favor rests upon. But at first response, we're a bit confused at that statement, peace on earth, peace on earth. The truth is for thousands of years, we've been seeing wars and rumors of wars. In fact, the moment that King Herod found out that there was going to be a baby born, a so-called Messiah, he unleashed a fury that would be felt all through the cities near Bethlehem as he commanded all male babies to be tortured and killed. So where's the peace? So many wars, so much violence, so much unrest in this world today, so much hatred, so much darkness. Throughout all of the centuries, the truth is there are so many people today that even people that are here or watching via live stream, that the very concept of peace eludes them. So many people struggle with fear in their life. So many people struggle with anxiety. So many people struggle with worry and, and inner stress at work and inner stress at home in their marriage with their children. And the truth is, even many Christians are, are wondering, where is this peace that Jesus promised? After all, didn't he say that I'd give you peace not as the world gives it, but I'd give you peace, inner peace that passes all understanding? Where is this peace that the Bible tells us came on that first Christmas morning? Well, if you look a little closer and you really recognize what the scripture really says, it says peace on earth and goodwill to those upon whom God's favor Rest. So, so it's clear that not everyone is going to experience peace in their life. Not everyone's going to experience inner calmness and tranquil in their heart. It's only those that find that they have favor with God. And what is favor with God? 
Well, the word favor is grace. It means God giving us what we need, when we need it, even though we don't deserve it. And where do we find this favor? Where do we find this grace? We find this grace in the person of Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, and he was full of truth and grace. The only place we find grace and favor is in his Son. And the truth is, the reason why many people are not feeling peace today is because they don't have the Son. My friend, you will never find peace outside of Jesus. Let me say that again. You might have come to church today because it's Christmas Eve and you wanted to stop by and say hello to Jesus. You might have come to church today because maybe somebody forced you to come. Whatever the reason is why ever that you're here today, maybe it's just a yearly celebration for you and it's a tradition that you come and you talk and you sing and you, and, and you hear about Jesus. But I want you to know today, you will never find peace outside of the presence of Jesus in your life. You will never find peace outside of the person of Jesus in your life. You can't find it in a box. You can't find it wrapped in a box under a tree. You can't find it in a, in a bottle. You can't find it in working and working and working. You can only find it in the person of Jesus. And notice what it says. The prophet says, for unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will rest upon his shoulder, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. He's speaking to a people. These people were in bondage they were in chaos. They were in turmoil. It was dark and despair for the people of Israel. And the prophet declares, and a child would be born. At the same time, Micah the prophet declared, and that baby would be born in Bethlehem. Then Isaiah declares in 7:14, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign, and the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And the best present you can get, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, -E, is the very presence of God in your life. I like what Mark Battison said, God most high became God most nigh. That he's with us, the greatest gift that you can have today is that you know that Jesus is with you. Now, I know that for some of you, Christmas is a difficult time. You lost somebody that you love. You lost something in your life, and Christmas reminds you that you should be joyful. It reminds you that you should have inner peace in your life. But when Christmas rolls around, it brings heartache in your life. But I want you to know there's something that this world can never take away from you. There's something that this world can never steal from you, can never rob from you. And that is the very presence of Jesus. When you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he's still with you. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I am always going to be with you. And we've got to stop today and recognize the, very, the greatest thing about Christmas is the presence of God Almighty in our life. And he shall be called Emmanuel, means God most high became God most nigh. He's with us. But, but he's called the Prince of Peace. Do you ever wonder why he's called the Prince of Peace and not the King of Peace? You see, a, a prince is one who's preparing to be a king. And the truth is you could never have peace with God 
until Jesus came as the Prince of Peace and died on the cross for your sins. And so, so many people are waiting for that peace, the world peace. The Bible says, after all, the governments will rest upon his shoulder. And you look around and you think the governments are a mess. How could it be this world is in chaos and darkness and violence and this world is in turmoil? How could it be that Jesus brought us peace? Well, the Bible tells us that he's got to, be, he's got to bring peace within before we can have peace with him. And the only way he can do that is to die on the cross for us. And that's why he came. He came to be born once as a baby. And that baby was the prince of peace. That baby was being prepared to be the king. He was a king, came as a prince. He died as a poor man. He rose as a prince. He's seated in heaven as a king. And the Bible says the next time Jesus comes, he's not coming as a baby. He's not coming as a man. He's coming as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Come on, somebody. Help me out. Say, thank you, Jesus, for the gift of eternal life. Thank you, Jesus, for the gift of Christmas. And thank you, Jesus, for the gift of the promise that you'll come again as a king. In fact, the, the, the writer Isaiah declares, he says, and then the wolf will lie down with the lamb. And the leopard will lie down with the goat and the calf and the lion and the yearling together. And a little child will lead them. The sign of peace that will happen. The great millennial, that time when Christ will come and make all things well. And the government shall rest upon his shoulders. I love what it says in Revelations chapter 19, verse 11. To remind us he came once as a child. Now he's coming as a king. I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are flaming fire, and, his head are, have, and on his head are many diadems, and he has the name written, which is no one knows except himself. His clothes are white, dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the armies which are in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. And from his mouth came a sharp sword, so that with it he may strike down the nations. And he will rule them with a, a rod of iron. And, and, and he treads on the winepress of his fierce wrath of God the Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh is the name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The first time he came as a prince, the second time he will come as a king. Well, what kind of prince? The prince that lives within our hearts, as Jesus said, peace I leave you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives it. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. And right now in this room, he wants to calm the raging sea within you. He wants to speak to the waves of troubles that are in your soul. He wants to cause your fearful hearts to be stilled, and he wants to give you peace. Come on, let's be honest today. How, how many of us in this room, you don't have to raise your hand, but in your heart, you would say, my heart is not at peace. I'm a Christian, I know the Lord, and I should have peace in my life, but I have anxiety in my heart. I've got stress, stress in my heart, stress in my life, stress in my marriage, stress in my home. You know, there was a story of a man he was sitting watching TV and his son was running around the room and his son really wanted him to play with him. But the father, he loved football and he, was, he wanted to watch the, the last quarter of the football game. 
And his son came and said, Dad, Dad, come on, play with me. And he loved to play with his son, but he really wanted to watch the last quarter of the football game. And his son said, when are you going to play? He said, just in a little while, in a little while. I just want to, I want to watch the ending of this game. It's a really close game. I want to watch the ending of the game. The kid came back another five minutes later. Dad, when are you going to play? So the father's got to figure out something in a way in which he can keep his son occupied. And so he sees a newspaper. And on the front of the newspaper, there's a page with the world on the front side of the, the, the newspaper. And so he takes that paper and he rips the paper up. He shreds the paper up and he gives it to his son. And he says, son, he says, when you put it all back together, when you put the world back together, Come back and we'll, I'll play with you. And he thinks to himself, listen, it's going to be at least an hour before he can put this picture all back together. He comes back in five minutes. The father is amazed. He thinks to himself, he's got a child prodigy on his hand. What in the world? He says to the kid, he said, how in the world did you put the world back together again? He said, dad, you see on the other side, there was a picture of a person and I just put the person back together and the world came back together. And that's what Jesus does. He puts us back together one person at a time. He gives us peace one person at a time. Oh, the world may be chaotic all around you, but God wants to give you peace today. Whoever you are, wherever you are today, God wants to give you peace. He loves you as an individual, and the person of Jesus wants to take you one person at a time and give you inner peace. It was 1914. And World War I was raging on, and over 11 million people died in the war that would end all wars. On December 24th, Christmas Eve, on the battlefield where German soldiers and British and French soldiers were fighting for their very lives, the fighting was so fierce, and both sides dug in, and they were in foxholes, and they dug into trenches, exhausted but being pushed to the limits by their superiors, between them was a, a muddy, icy area called the no man's land where countless men lie dead because no one buried them for weeks. Then something happened. Some historians believe a few German soldiers placed little trees on the top of the trenches. And then they started to see these signs. Some of the Germans held up signs in German and broken English, and it said, you no fight, we no fight. And some of the British units started making their own signs. We won't fight if you don't fight. Then against orders, the soldiers put down their weapons and called a truce for that day. It was on Christmas Eve, 1914. And as they began to sing Christmas songs, the most famous one of all, Silent Light, the men came out of their trenches and exchanged little gifts, food. They sang and spent the night in peaceful celebration on that Christmas. And for that one moment, they embraced the true heart, the true spirit of Christmas. They embraced the true understanding for that one moment that there could be peace. Even though there was war going on, there could be peace. Did it end the war? No. But for that very moment, they got a taste of the peace that Jesus could bring. Let me ask you a question this Christmas Eve morning. How's your peace level in your life? How's your peace level in your home? How's the peace level in your family, in your marriage? See, the truth is, I bet that you would give up all the gifts under the tree 
if you could just have a taste of the peace that the Prince of Peace can give you right now. This morning, this morning, I've got great news for you. Peace is available. It's available to you, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter how far you've walked away from God, or maybe you've just kind of stumbled into this place today, and you're wondering, can I really have peace in my heart? You won't find it anywhere else but in the person of Jesus Christ. Peace comes from the Prince of Peace. I love what Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13 says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far away have been brought nearby by the blood of Jesus, for he himself is our peace. Not what he did on the cross. He, Jesus, is our peace. And why is he the Prince of Peace? Because within him contains all of the peace that you need. Jesus came to be what was called a peace child for us. Isaiah declared, surely he took up our pain and bore our sufferings. Yet we considered him punished by God and stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquity. And the punishment that brought us peace, shalom, was upon him. And by his wounds, we were healed. Jesus became for us the peace child. The prophet Isaiah tells us, for unto us a child is born, a son is given. Galatians chapter 4 tells us, but when the time came, when the set time was fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sonship. Missionary Don Richardson, who served for many years among the primitive tribes in Papua New Guinea, wrote a book. It was called The Peace Child. He tells of the story of two tribes in Papua New Guinea who maintain a, a blood feud between themselves for many generations. Each generation fought and nursed their wounds only to fight again, killing and maiming, maiming hundreds of people. After years of struggle, the two tribes realized that they must stop fighting or nothing would be left of their tribes. No people would be left. But what could they do after years of fighting to end the warring between the two tribes? Don Richardson goes on to tell that the chiefs of two tribes came together and brought with them the child they called the peace child. This child was the son of one of the opposing chiefs which was adopted into the family of the other opposing chief. As long as that child lived, those two chiefs promised to cease fighting. So as long as he lived, Richardson had finally found the way. He had finally found a means to share with these people who knew nothing about Jesus, about the peace child. As he began to preach to them, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life he presented to these warring tribes the peace child you can go back today to Papua New Guinea and you can talk to the family members and those who received the Lord as now they are taking the message around the world that Jesus is the peace child today in your heart 
does the peace child reign. The Bible says, let the peace of God rule and reign in your heart. Let it guard your heart. And how do you do that? Well, maybe today you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. I want you to know today that you can give up trying to please God through your own religious acts of piety. The Bible says peace only comes through the gift of eternal life that Jesus gives us through his own blood. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Surrender your entire life to Jesus. Some of you that are in this room today, you're Christians, and you've got one foot in the world and another foot in the church. You've embraced Jesus, but you've embraced the world. You've embraced Jesus, but you've embraced all the other things of this world. Let them go. Only Jesus can really bring you peace. Only Jesus can really bring you joy. Only Jesus can really bring you purpose and meaning in your life. But Jesus said, if you want to come and be my disciple, you must deny yourself, pick up your cross, and come follow me. It's all of Jesus or none of Jesus. Today is the moment that you can embrace the greatest gift of all. Thanks be to God who gives us a gift that is beyond words, the person of Jesus Christ. And maybe you're a Christian today. Maybe you've just kind of lost center. Maybe you've become so busy. I understand. We're all busy. And I love the holidays. I really love the singing. I love the lights. I love the celebration. I like the eggnog, low-fat. I even kind of like Santa, you know? I mean, I know that a lot of people get crazy about Santa and they forget about Jesus, but you know, old Saint Nick was a good man and he gave out gifts and we can celebrate the gift of a person who's a given person. But here's what I think. I think so often we forget the real, real meaning of Christmas. The real meaning of Christmas is the person of Jesus Christ. I think so often in all of the festivity, in all of the celebration, in all of the singing, somewhere along the line, the real meaning, the real person of Jesus gets left behind in our hearts, in our minds. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If any man would open the door, I will come in and sup with him. You know, I'm reminded of a story in the Bible. I suppose that these two women, they were getting ready for a big party. You see, Jesus was coming to their house. And the Bible tells us that Martha, she was so excited about Jesus coming to her house. This is the Messiah. And he's coming to be at her house. She got so excited, she started planning the whole meal. She started planning the whole celebration a month before. She was busy. She was doing. She was preparing. And now Jesus comes on that day, and he's sitting in her living room. And where is Martha? She's in the kitchen. Jesus is in the living room, and Mary's in the kitchen. Martha's in the kitchen. Martha is so She's so mad at her sister that she runs into the living room and she says, Jesus, I'm so busy getting ready for you. I'm so busy packing all these gifts for you. I'm so busy making all of the pasta. Man, I've been working like a slave getting ready for you. Tell my sister to get up and help me in the kitchen. And Jesus says, Martha, your sister, She's chosen the best gift of all. 
She's chosen the best thing of all and it will not be taken from her. She's chosen to sit at my feet. Forget about the food, Martha. Forget about the gifts. Just come and sit at my feet because the greatest gift of all is Jesus. He's sitting in your heart today. He's sitting in your living room today and he's knocking and he's saying, slow down. Silence your heart like on that first Christmas morn, silent night, holy night. Recognize that Jesus is here and he wants to give you peace.
there's two kinds of people in the room this afternoon. There's some in the room this afternoon, you will say, as Pastor Steve was preaching, something stirred on the inside of me. And as that's Holy Spirit pulling at your heart, He may be pulling your heart for a long time, but He's pulled at your heart again. And you say, I haven't accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, and I want that peace He's talking about. I want that joy. So in a minute, I'm going to have everyone stand up and we're going to pray for those that haven't accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. And then the other group of people in the room tonight, today you would say, well, Pastor, I I, I once knew the peace of God. But life has happened over the year and and it has drawn me away and my heart has wandered from God and, and I've already lost my first love. For you, we want to rededicate yourself so why don't we stand together this morning and this afternoon and, and I, I don't want to pray for you. I want to pray for those two groups of people this morning. And, and you may say, well, Pastor, I'm in that first group. I've never known the peace of God. Never quite understand the message of salvation. But this afternoon, God has moved my heart. And so why don't we bow our heads and close our eyes together and together we want to lead you in prayer and It's a simple prayer, but it's not what you say, it's how you say it and whether you mean it or not. And the only one you have to impress is God. When He hears your prayer, this could be the beginning of a brand new life. So why don't you repeat after me? Say, Heavenly Father, I thank You that I came to service this afternoon. I thank You that I know I've heard the story of Jesus' love. The Bible says, if I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, I will be saved. Right now, I confess my sin. Lord Jesus, come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. Take my life turn it around and use me for your glory I receive you right now in Jesus name and then those that are here that have wandered over the year and your love and your heart has wandered away from God and you just want to rededicate yourself again this afternoon I want you to pray with me for a rededication this this afternoon So let's pray together. Repeat after me. Say, Father, I thank you that I know you as Lord and Savior. I've wandered away from your presence and your word. But this afternoon, your Holy Spirit has drawn me back. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness restore me to the fellowship of the believer I receive forgiveness right now in Jesus name and everyone said Father we thank you that you are a good God we thank you that you watch over us and during this special time this Christmas season we thank you that the joy of the Lord was our strength we thank you that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, 
will guard our hearts and minds and we'll give you all the praise and we'll give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. And everyone said,